Welcome to the Chi Alpha UNC podcast. We're excited that you've decided to stop by. We're in a series called Verses That Changed Our Lives. Each week you will hear from one of our staff members about a Bible story that completely changed them. This week, Caleb continues our series by talking about Philippians 4. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. This message was recorded on September 15th, 2022 at the Garden Amphitheater at UNC. Please join us every Thursday at 7 p.m. at the UNC campus. All are welcome. Come as you are, leave as a new creation. All right, well, welcome to Chi Alpha. It's good to, good to see all of you guys tonight. There's a little ringing. Do you hear that? No. Maybe I'll step over here. Well, uh, man, uh, this is actually going to be our last week out here, um, so next week we won't be rained on, uh, or if we are, we'll be inside, so it'll be great. We're going to be, uh, next week we will be in, in the UC Columbine Suites, so there's actually, um, you can enter through like the normal UC entrance and go up the stairs and, you know, there's like all that construction, go around it and go all the way back, but there's an easier way. There's an easier way to get there. The bear statue, you guys know where that is? The iconic bear statue. There's, an, there's actually an entrance to that room, like just the bear's like looking at it. So if you just like, you know, go across the, the sidewalk. The, the yeah, follow the gaze of the bear. Go across that sidewalk there, there's a little patio area and there are doors right there. So that'll be like the easiest, probably easiest way to get in. Yeah, so, yeah. Same time, 7 p.m. Sweet. And alrighty, if you are a small group leader, please raise your hand or stand up. We'd love to see your lovely faces. Heck yeah. There we go. Stand up. We want to see you. Perfect. If you are new to Chi Alpha or if you are returning and you have not yet joined a small group, this is a large group. It's amazing. But guys, bread and butter, small group. Yeah, Be there. Right. If you are not in a small group, find one of those people who stood up or rose their hands. Oh, there's a bug in my face. Find one of those people. They'll get you guys plugged into a small group. We'll find where you best fit. Where This is a group of your best friends for the rest of the year, guys. So let's find it, guys. Yeah. All right. We have um, two uh, times of prayer, prayer meetings, uh, currently. And so one of them is going to be Mondays at 5 p.m. at the library. Uh, Jake will be leading that up. That'll be like a, a time of, of uh, sit down and pray together for the campus, for each other, et cetera. And then uh, uh, Mark is heading up a prayer walk time Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Um, and so you'll be, you know, prayer walking the campus and praying for the Holy Spirit to be poured out and stuff, you know. Yeah. All righty, guys. Next up is offering. I don't know. It looks like if you want an easy way. So offering. That goes right back to you guys. That doesn't go to us, but it goes right back into you guys' pockets, your guys' pockets. So for events like, I don't know, salt, or things like um, retreats that we do, all of the offering goes to that, or it goes to providing for your guys' large groups, like that really cool screen. You guys see that screen? Guys, that's pretty cool. Offering help pay for that. So this, if they feel like Chi Alpha is where you guys get poured into, or if you don't have a church that you tithe to, Offering is a great way to give back, okay, guys? So I'm going to go ahead and just pray over the offering really quick. Perfect. Alrighty, Dear Lord, just I pray that if anyone feels moved to give tonight, God, that you just 
Supply them tenfold, Lord, like you have promised. You, you ask for 10%, you give us back way more than that, God. You always find a way to supplement what we give, and you give it back tenfold. So, Jesus, I just pray if anyone is moved to give tonight, you will move them to give for Chi Alpha. And, Lord, I just pray that you bless the offering tonight. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Hey, we have some awesome shirts. Even Spider-Man oh, wears yeah. them. Uh, if you want to buy one, come to the contact table after Chi Alpha. There'll be someone standing there. You can Venmo us 15 bucks, and, and it's yours. So pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty cool deal. Guys, I know Harry Styles has a shirt, so you should get one too. Just saying. And, or whoever that is. It was. Tom Holland. Yeah, to be it fair, was Harry Styles before. A couple weeks ago, it was Harry Styles. But he let Tom Holland borrow it, so it's fine. Alrighty, next up. So, guys, if you have not already, give us a follow on Instagram, Facebook, whatever you guys. That's where we do a lot of our announcements. So, if you are not sure where we're meeting that week, or if you're not sure where small groups are, or whatever, that is how you'll get connected. We also have a podcast, guys. Did you all know that? It's so good. So if you ever miss a Thursday night, we are recording it and we supply it so that if you guys miss or if you guys are ever not, you know, need to just go back and hear something again. We have that recording up there. So we have our UNCXA podcast. We also have our YouTube channel where we also record the sermons. You guys get to also just watch it if you want to see it, if you're a visual person like me. Um, really quick, also, moving next to XA After Dark. Connect with y'all small group leaders. We've been having such success with After Dark. Find your small group leaders, guys. Make it a small group thing. Y'all need to connect and figure out what to do. Hang out. Don't go home and be boring. Stay with us. Yeah, come on. <laughs> That's right. That's right. All right. Next up uh, is the man of the hour. He, uh, really he looks a lot like Jacob Peck, yeah. <laughs> apparently, I'm told. Um, and Samantha kind of has a crush on him. Yeah. Sorry, Samantha. That was outed. That's the first time they've, they've heard that, but um, they're just friends. <laughs> yeah, uh, so I'm going to pray over him real quick. Lord Jesus, thank you, God, for uh, the word that you're going to bring to us tonight. Lord, I pray that it would pierce our hearts, Jesus. I pray that we would be moved uh, to, to be closer to you, uh, God, and I pray that your spirit would be poured out on us, Lord, that there would be lives changed tonight um, because of what you do here. Holy Spirit, we welcome you in this time. In Jesus' name, amen. What's up, guys? Guys, how do you feel about the rain? Uh, oh, man. Okay, so one of our Chi Alpha truisms is we say that love and laughter plows hard hearts, and that is so true. But I also firmly believe that suffering together is what really bonds friendships. Guys, we really suffered together tonight. That was awesome. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus, for the rain. All right, well, uh, we'll get right into it. Well, first of all, a little bit about me. Uh, you know, go to that first slide, the second slide, I guess. <laughs> so I am, for, I'm Caleb, if you don't know me. <laughs> I grew up in Estes Park, this is about an hour and a half down the road. I uh, lived there my, most of my life until college, I moved to Texas, and one of the colleges I wound myself up at was Sam Houston State University. Yeah. Eat them up, let's go. <laughs> and that's where I really really decided to fall in love with Jesus, to really commit, to really give myself, uh, give myself to Jesus wholly. See, in, in this uh, picture here, I'll go back to the, uh, that's, my, that's my family, beautiful lady next to me is my mother, 
And uh, the rest of one is that's that's my sisters, my dad, and then uh, uh, my brother-in-law at the at the very end. You go to the next slide. Uh, so that was uh, that was the night I, d I decided to get baptized, and uh, that was the small group I was in at the time. The guy who's uh, standing next to me in that left picture, that's Shelby. That was my small group leader. That was the guy who baptized me, and uh, then everyone next to that was in that was my small group at the time. My hair probably looks like it did there <laughs> in that picture from the rain. Oh my goodness! Well, yeah, that's a little little bit about me. But now we are continuing our series today. And verses that changed our lives. You know, when we read scripture, we don't just read a Bible verse at a time. We read Bible verses. So it's a very important distinction, verses that changed our lives. And so sometimes when we run one verse at a time, it's easy to make the Bible say whatever we want. You know, there's actually a verse in my Bible that says there is no God. You know, it says the fool says in his heart there is no God, but the, <laughs> out of context is just dumb example. But <laughs> all right, but this passage we're about to read here is uh, is is really an excellent example of this. So if you have your Bibles, got your cell phones, if they're not super wet, open up to Philippians chapter four. We're gonna be starting in verse ten. Philippians four, starting in verse ten. All right. All right. If there, say uh huh. Need time? Say hold up. All right, <laughs> all right. Philippians four, verse ten. I rejoice in the Lord greatly because once again you renewed your care for me. You were in fact concerned about me, but lacked the opportunity to show it. I don't say this out of need, for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I find myself. I know how to make do with little, and I know how to make do with a lot. In any and all circumstances, I have learned the secret of being content. Whether well-fed or hungry, whether in abundance or in need, I am able to do all things through him who gives me strength. Father, thank you so much for today. Thank you for the rain, God. Thank you so much that we get to be here, that we get to worship, that we get to uh, honor you today. Uh, Lord, I ask that you, you speak through me, that whatever you, you have to say to these people, that, you know, they will, that will be heard. In your name we pray. Amen. And so the most common verse out of this is Philippians 4.13. How many of you guys heard this verse? Probably seen it on uh, all sorts of different coffee mugs, tattoos. Uh, athletes say it a lot, of course. Uh, I think that next slide is a, is a pretty good example. Yeah, that's what, that's what we think about. You know, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength, right? That means, you know, I can, I can go win the Super Bowl. I can, you know, shoot a half-court shot. I can uh, bench 500 pounds. I mean, well... Gabe probably can, but everyone else. <laughs> but that's not what this verse is talking about. That's not the whole thing. Which so if we, whenever I hear somebody quote this verse, I see that tattoo and I, you know, I see the the T-shirt or whatever it is. I always ask them, "Do you know Philippians four twelve? You know four thirteen, but do you know Philippians four twelve? What is this actually talking about?" You know, I love the wording of the King Jimmy. Uh, go to Next one. <laughs> it says, I know both how to be abased and I know how to be abound. Everywhere and in all things, I am instructed to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. Can we honestly say the same? You know, abased and abound, we, and we, with, because of the context, we know what that means. You know, not 
We don't have a lot. We don't always have a lot. We don't always have little. We some, a lot of times it's in between. But can we honestly say we know how to be abased and how to abound? You know, and I couldn't, uh, I, I couldn't say that honestly for, for the longest time. Even now, that's still a growing process, you know? I mean, it's all the, all the pessimism of the rain coming is like, oh, God, what are we going to do? It's gonna, if it rains on us, then Chi Alpha's over, right? No, no, no. Do we know how to be content in all circumstances? You see, I'm a firm believer in this. If you want to change your attitude, you got to start by changing your vocabulary. Do you want to know one of the nastiest words, the ugliest, most terrible words that you can say? You know, normally I don't like to in this kind of setting, but hopefully there's an immunity for it. But it's, uh, it's this word, this next word on the next slide. Deserve. Disgusting, right? <laughs> it's, uh, it, we get told so often, what do you deserve? That's the message of our society is you deserve better. You deserve this. You deserve that. You deserve the best thing in the world for it. You know, you know I deserve, and that leads into, I deserve to have a high-paying job. I deserve to just have fun. Or here's the most common, I deserve to be happy. Yikes. See, but see, that kind of attitude is going to destroy any relationship that you have. Friendship, any kind. When you put, when you say, I, I deserve this, when you have these, that's going to destroy anything. That's going to destroy every single relationship. But you know, the Bible says, you know, the wages of sin is death. Romans 6.23. Yeah, and Romans 3.23, for all have sinned. So what do we deserve? We deserve death. You know, so someone say once, if you, if you want what you deserve, go to hell. <laughs> no? You know, how many times does ha- do you have to lie to make you a liar? How many times do you have to steal to make you a thief? And, you know, Jesus said you even look at a woman with lust in your heart. You've committed adultery. So how many times do you have to commit adultery to be an adulterer? So when uh, you're already saying that you're a liar, a thief, and an adulterer, it doesn't sound like a very good person. What does that person deserve? But, you know, that's the beauty of the gospel. The gospel is us getting what we don't deserve. We don't deserve Jesus. We don't deserve communion with God. We don't deserve to be with him. But this is Jesus going above and beyond. But an I deserve attitude at its core is selfishness. You know what you want to know the root of an I deserve attitude? It's ungratefulness. An I deserve attitude is a di- is directly caused by ungratefulness. An I deserve attitude is directly caused by ungratefulness. An I deserve attitude is directly caused by ungratefulness. Right? In case you haven't gotten it yet. So the Bible has a word to describe this attitude, this I deserve attitude. It's co- covetous. Oh, the next slide. What does that mean to covet? To covet, to yearn to possess or have something. To yearn to possess or have something. You want something so bad. To, and a more uh, common word that we may know that can better uh, illustrate this is the next slide here. It's greed. Simply put, coveting is greed. And God 
hates a covetous attitude. He hates it so much, he even put it in the Ten Commandments. <laughs> you know, they say it's the first thing a Jewish child would, uh, would, would see. When, whenever you have, when you're in a, a Jewish home, you'd have the Ten Commandments all written up on, on. As you're growing up, a child would see the tenth one, then the ninth one, then the eighth one, and, then, and so on. And so the first one he says is, do not covet. Do not covet anybody else's belongings. And, we dis- and it, dis- it, uh, it disguises itself so easily. We say, you see, uh, do not covet, and we think, well, I don't want necessarily, you know, his truck, but maybe a truck just like his. <laughs> I don't necessarily want their intelligence, but, you know, maybe something just, you know, comparable to it. And it's, it's, you see how easily that it, uh, that it sneaks in. It so easily sneaks into to our thought process. And it's a, it, it, and God put, is so clear on it. In fact, this is the same thing that uh, Jesus condemned the rich young ruler for doing. You know, when uh, the rich young ruler, well, we don't go into this too much, but he went away sadly after Jesus had told him all the man-to-man commandments except for one. And he said, you know, go away, sell your possessions, come back. And he went away. Can I? He was too greedy. He's too greedy. And greed is a sin that nobody ever confesses. It's very rare, actually. Greed is a sin that hides itself. Uh, Tim Keller puts it like this. He said, some years ago, I was doing a seven-part series of talks on the seven deadly sins at a men's breakfast. My wife, Kathy, told me, I'll bet that the week you deal with greed, you will have your lowest attendance. She was right. People packed it out for lust and wrath and even for pride. But nobody thinks they are greedy. As a pastor, I've had people come to me to confess that they struggle with almost every kind of sin. Almost. I cannot recall anyone ever coming to me and saying, I spend too much money on myself. I think my greedy lust for money is harming my family, my soul, and people around me. Greed hides itself from the victim. The money God's modus operandi includes blindness to your own heart. See, greed is a sin that hides itself, and I was no exception to this. The, uh, when I was a student, my, my major was business. And quite honestly, the main reason I chose business was so I could make as much money as I possibly could. That was my whole goal. Why else am I in college? And some of you I know are, are, are dealing with this right now. Why else would you be in college other than to make money? I know. I wanted to live the American dream. And uh, my, I, I convinced myself that the only way I could be happy was if I had a lot, as if I had, if I had wealth and if I had, if I had money, then that would be the only way I could ever be happy. And you, you guys see, probably seen this thing on the internet where people say, uh, you know, oh, I'd rather be, uh, you know, crying in my Lamborghini than happy under a bridge. That's bogus, you know. That's that's nonsense. <laughs> But I even began to rationalize my thoughts by saying, you know, oh, I'll, I want to make a lot of money, but, you know, I'll give it away. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be a very generous giver. I'll still, I'll give to the church. I'll give to missions. I'll give support to whoever, because that, that, that's my rationalization. But the reality was I started putting God into my plans as opposed to letting God put me into his plans. And I had heard the verse that said, I could do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I knew Philippians 4.13, but there's no way I could tell you Philippians 4.12. 
I knew that I've, I've, we've all seen the, the coffee mug quotes. We know what that scripture is, but there, we don't see Philippians 4.12 on it much. <laughs> Probably wouldn't make a good marketing slogan. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, for the first time in my life, when I started reading the Bible for myself, when I get to college and I started reading scripture and diving into the Bible and I come across this passage, it's, I realize that my thought processes, the way that I was thinking and I was processing things were not aligning with scripture. The way that a Christian and a Christ follower should be, I was not living that way. And so when Paul is writing this letter of Philippians to, uh, to the church of Philippi, he, uh, he's under house arrest. He's not exactly, not, everything's not going easy for him. And so the church in Philippi had sent to him his, a friend of his named Epaphroditus, and they sent him with a gift. And in one of his earlier letters in Romans, Paul talks about his own struggle with coveting. In Romans uh, 7, verses 7 and 8, uh, Paul says this, For example, I would not have known what it is to covet if the law had not said, Do not covet. And sin, seizing an opportunity through the commandment, produced in me coveting of every kind. And this was a battle that Paul faced, was coveting. He was a Pharisee. He was a Hebrew of Hebrews, as he says earlier in this letter. In this letter. He had a lot of wealth. And it makes sense with, uh, with all he had for him to long to get more and to have money. And that was, that was a commandment that he had a hard time keeping from all the other ones. From, he was able to, he says he was blameless in the law. Can any of you all say that you're blameless when it comes to the law? <laughs> I know I can. But, when, uh, but Paul's saying this, is saying that he, he it, this covetousness was so much that he, he, couldn't, he couldn't handle it. And he said he could, he could keep all the other commandments except this one. But from this passage, we know he figured out the secret. Gratitude. Yeah. Thankfulness. He understood how to be abased and to be abound. And no matter what circumstance is in. Now, in um, one of my business classes, we had, a, uh, we had a talk on ethics, on business ethics. We had a guest speaker talk to us about this, and he was uniquely qualified to teach the subject, being that he had, uh, he had embezzled about $14 million from his company. Went to prison and everything for it, so he's not just some escaped convict. <laughs> Anyways, he got into prison for this, and now he, now he goes around, he has other businesses, and now he talks to people about business ethics. And uh, at, he, at, during his time in prison, he was telling that he got, right with, he got right with God, and it was quite interesting. He was, like, preaching at us while we were in, in class. This is at Sam Houston. It wasn't at a Bible college or anything. <laughs> but he says, but I asked him at the end, he, he took a Q&A. I raised my hand. And I said, you know, when would enough have been, have been enough? You know, you could have gotten away with $5 million and gotten away with it. You could have gotten away seven, eight, nine, ten million million, $10 million, and there would have been no consequences for this. I said, when would, when would you have stopped? How much would have been enough? And very sternly, he pointed at me with very intense eyes. He said, enough would have never been enough. It would have never been enough. He said, I would have done that till I died. Getting caught was the best thing that ever happened to me. He said, now I've got, I've got another slide up here. This map, uh, you can't see the key on it, but this is taken from the World Health Organization. 
And the idea is the uh, darker the color is, the uh, greater of a percentage it is. This is the percentage of uh, depression rates in the world. Take a look at that. What places have the highest concentration of depression rates? America. America. <laughs> it's these places that we have everything. When are we going to stop fooling ourselves that we need more to be happy? <laughs> it's, a, it's like we have in the middle of, you know, of, of Africa where they have nothing. And they, they are happy. <laughs> They're content. There's not any rates. But then we have all these, these, these so-called you know, uh, first world countries that are, that are suffering, that are, that are miserable. You know, to quote the famous theologian Jim Carrey, <laughs> he said, I think everybody should get rich and famous and do everything they ever dreamed of so they can see that it's not the answer. So what then is the answer? It's gratitude. It's gratefulness. What is every single commercial you watch? What you have is not good enough. And so... I want to say this. You can put this next slide up. Anxiety and depression cannot take root in a grateful heart. Anxiety and depression cannot take root in a grateful heart. Oh, work's been stressing me out so much. I don't know if I'm going to pay the bills. God, thank you that I have a job. It's, It's going to be raining so much. It's going to be miserable. God, thank you we get to come out here. Thank you that we get to praise you. <laughs> First Thessalonians uh, chapter 5, verse 16 through 18 says, Rejoice always, pray constantly, and give thanks in everything, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And you see, this was the scripture that Corey Ten Boom read while she was in a concentration camp. If you guys don't know Corey Ten Boom, she was, a, she, she was, in, she was in the Holocaust. She, was, uh, she suffered immensely. And in this, in, in her book, The Hiding Place, she mentions how uh, she, she was holding this Bible study in this really small and cramped place, like where, you know, those fleas are infested. Like, you can barely move in between because there's so many people just cramped in here. Terrible, terrible living situation. She practiced this. She said, God, thank you so much that there are so many people here there because there's so many more people here that can hear your word. God, even thank you for the fleas. <laughs> means. And it turned to find out that the fleas were the very reason why they could hold these Bible studies because the guards did not want to go into a place with, with, with uh, fleas. God, thank you for the rain. <laughs> thank you that we get to suffer together. Uh, praise team can come up. I want to read the last part of, uh, of Philippians 4, starting in verse 16. It says this, For even in Thessalonica you sent me gifts for my needs several times. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the profit that is increasing to your account. But I have received everything in full, and I have an abundance. I am fully supplied, having received from Epaphroditus what you provided, a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice pleasing to God. And my God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Now to our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen.
Okay, verse 17 is very interesting. You know, he's writing this from prison, writing this from, from house arrest. And he says this, not that I seek the gift, but I seek the profit that is increasing to your account. He says, thank you for the gift, but I didn't need to receive it. I know how to, how to live, but you needed to give. For your case, that's, thank you for the gift. I would say nobody can say this unless they have a heart of gratitude and contentment. So did Paul learn how not to covet? Indeed. And I can promise you guys, we can all learn to not covet. And that we can all learn to be abased and to be abound. That we can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. Now this is how it's impacted me. Like, I, I don't worry about <laughs> being rich one day. I don't need to worry about what's going on. I, I Conquering anxiety and, and depression it's got no hold on me it doesn't have to have a hold on you either so if uh, some of our staff would uh, come to the front and guys if this is you and you know that uh, you've been struggling with you know, anxiety, depression it's been, it's been so tough for you I know in a room this size in a, in a gathering this size that there's bound to be some people. We're on a college campus after all. But I want to challenge you, if this is you, and you know that you haven't been grateful, at least where you could have been, if you need a heart of gratitude, please come up for prayer. Jesus, thank you so much for this evening. Thank you for the rain. <laughs> thank you for letting us suffer together. Thank you for letting us just be together. But more importantly, thank you for letting us be with you. Jesus, we love you, and we want to honor you. Amen. For more information, please visit xaunc.com or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash xaunc. Our Instagram handle is at xaunc, and you can find all of our content on our YouTube channel by searching for Chi Alpha UNC. Until next time, may the lamb who was slain receive the reward of his suffering.